Oh yeah. Syndrome, originally from Canada, but made his way into San Diego, California, is now a London-based MC who has collaborated with some of the biggest names out in the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, his new album, International Paper Chaser, uh, features you know one of the singles is Summertime, which actually is one of my favorite favorite tracks from that album. Uh, Syndrome, thanks so much for joining me on the Library with Tim Einenkel. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I've always been back and forth worldwide. Almost. I mean, I've been around the world, lived in so many countries, but it's uh, it's uh, California was the first place I ever got any radio play, and that was the first place I got an actual record deal, which actually meant something to me, you know. So I've always kind of adopted the West Coast uh, as my home, you know. Cool. And I actually was going to ask you about that, you, because I know you're now you're UK based, but this album definitely has that West Coast feel. How hard is it being away from the UK and still kind of being true to what you see as home? Well, when I used to live in Canada, early '90s, I had a deal back then, and uh, well, that was with a kind of like a dance label, early '90s, and I, I got ripped off so badly at that time. And, and the West Coast, they showed me so much love out there, you know. And um, just working around with a lot of artists, with from Daz, RBX, King T, uh, Dove Shack. I mean, a lot of these artists, they showed me so much love. Jump, jumping on my on my joints, and and that's the music which I I really love, you know, and and I'm really proud of the new album, and uh, I'm I'm out in England, but I'm always back and forth to Cali, uh, shooting videos. Shout out to Sabotage out mm. there in San Diego. He held me down when I went over to Dago, shoot some videos. So, um, but yeah, G Funk music. That's I mean that's what I grew up listening to, and that's what the, the sound you hear is in the album. True, and I want to actually go into the album International Paper Chaser, the first track. Remember back in the day, rockin' with Stoop and Dr. Dre, rhymin' with Curtis Bokeh, arrestin' Jam Master J, Younger Syndrome will grind, October 23, now that was the day, Syndrome and Notorious B.I.G., looking back on the memories, when I was overseas, homeless for over 30 It really, like, a lot of first tracks of albums are kind of like, you know, Juju the guy or the girl, whoever. Yeah. Or someone just talking about, I don't know, what you're about to hear, or a skit, yeah. or something like that. But you really, you, you, spit, a, you spit a rhyme. Um, yeah. Which is thing is like okay. it, it reminds me of like DMX's first album when he just you know gets into you know he, he starts out that's my dog and then he goes right into the rhyme uh, and it really introduces the artist us to you so why why did you use that first track what as this this chance to spit this verse I had so much to say you know I'm, I used to work on a radio show in uh, Toronto Canada with a DJX and I met a lot of the artists the U.S. rappers back then like from Run DMC uh, Naughty by Nature Craig Mack and um, and a lot of these guys, they, they gave me a lot of knowledge, you know. Even when I went out to Cali, um, I met dudes from, like, uh, anybody from Daz Dillinger, Snoop Dogg, and EDI from the Outlaws, and Public Enemy also, and uh, DJ Premier. And with so much knowledge which they had given me, I just wanted to put that into a rhyme and to start off my album by letting people know which what they told me. So, um, yeah, that's why I put the first intro into a rap with Daz Dillinger. Nice. And I don't want to go into the intro track, but also... Uh in uh, the, the track Broke Millionaires with Slip Compone. Syndrome, not homeless, no more syndrome. Don't sleep in your garage. No more sleep on a concrete floor. Got a four-bedroom house with two cars. Don't let a rob or take your dollar. Syndrome, now who's come too far? Never go hungry, got more than two pennies in my fucking jaw. Syndrome, heard all the rumors. What a fake ass motherfuckers. Better run now, dodge your duckers. Motherfuckers, you still can't touch us. Gotta go walk for them all damn motherfucking rappers. You don't want to see me here. If you're around with a coffin, go nobody here. Love, we about to say no prayers. Yeah. You, talk, you talk about being homeless for 13 months and how... And, and, and that's, a, you know, obviously a very unfortunate experience, but I'm curious, how have you used that in your life to kind of help 
empower your art? Well, okay. Um, well, there was a time in my life when I was in Canada. Um, we was uh, basically they had no money at all. We were sleeping in basements, you know, concrete floors, basements. Uh, it's it real difficult living. And at the same time, I was trying to do the rap thing, going every Saturday to the radio show, working and uh, working around with a lot of Canadian artists. At that time, I met with a lot of Canadian producers. And that's when I did the first album, which was dropped in Canada, which just got me to deal up in Cali. Um, it, it was hard because I, I've had like I had a brain tumor when I was uh, 12 years old, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a tumor when I was 12 years old, and I and I totally recovered from that, and I just straight went back into rhyming uh, straight after that, and um, and I'm here today. So, oh so. wow! You uh, in this album, you I think you reference a few times that this is essentially a comeback. Um, yeah. Kind of like pr- talk about proving all your doubters wrong. What criticisms have you endured like, throughout your career prior to okay. this album? A lot of people have said to me, well, I'm not originally from California. Why I'm representing the West Coast so hard? Why am I coming out with a G-Funk album when I'm not originally born in the, in the California West Side? But, um, like I said, man, I mean, I adopted that place as my home because that's where I first got any kind of love in the music industry. Um, people be saying, you know, uh, G-Funk's dead. Uh, I'm doing old school music. But I, I try to put the new twist to the music. I brought out two cartoon videos nice. with a summertime video and a city life G-Funk. And uh, there's people be talking. Uh, a lot of the artists I'm working with, like, um, you know, like Dez. RBX, King T. I mean, these are some of my heroes I grew up listening to, you know? And mm. uh, it's just, I'm trying to let people know these are dudes I grew up listening to. And another another criticism I had was every song has a um, collaboration on it. I don't have, like, a solo joint on the album. I try to make an album like the ones I grew up listening to. If you listen to The Chronic, Doggy Style, All Eyes on Me, a lot, a lot of them albums... They don't have much solo joints, and those were some of my favorite albums. So I went into this album with Dez, not really wanting to do a lot of solo joints, but I wanted to make it more like a, a compilation album with a lot of artists with me on every single joint. So I've had a lot of criticism on the album, but it's but it's received love at the same time, you know. True, and and, and on this album, International Paper Chaser, you, you know, you work with a lot of people like King T. RBX, yeah. CMG, The Conscious Daughters, and many others. Um, yeah. How, how, well, a couple of things. How, how, how do you select, how did you select who you wanted to work with? And then also, how, how what was the, what was the, uh, what was kind of the collaboration process like? I mean, I know you're, you, you know, you, as we said, you're, you're UK based. I mean, was there a lot of you flying in, trying to write with them, or was it a lot of emailing? You know, what, what was it like? Yeah. There was a lot of lot of emailing, a lot of verses being sent over through emails. Um, there was a lot of artists that I wanted on the album that really didn't make the album due to time and the deadlines for the releases. Um, mm. I basically I managed to have everybody on the album who I really love and grew up listening to. And um, there's about 60 other joints that didn't even <laughs> make the album. We had like 70 records done. Wow! Damn. And I had to choose like 17 are the ones I thought would best fit the album. I mean, um, there was one point I wanted to do a track with uh, Warren G, but uh, there was um, times where he couldn't make the studio, or there was just, um, what would you call times where 
things didn't didn't come into play right. for the record to ever happen. So I want to corrupt on the album. So would these? I mean, would would this kind of would that list be? Would would they be a part of your future collaboration list? These guys? Of course. I mean, I've always wanted to work with people who I grew up listening to. Like I've mentioned that many many times, and um, there's a lot of new artists I want to work with also. But um, I think I was real happy with this album. A lot a lot of producers I work with from all over Europe. I work with a uh, Slap Up Mill, you know, Sin Two, Cabal X. Real Tone, Alexander Hankel, Flowmaster, DJ AK. These guys are from like seven, eight different countries. Damn, so, wow. Um, it's like people can throw all, all types of uh, criticism at me or whatever, you know. I, I think it's a hot album. It's got some hot videos or whatever. It's a West Coast album, you know. I'm just trying to put out good music, you know, and uh, and that's and I represent that through my videos. But, yeah. I want to go to the one of the, you know, the, the first song that we talked about, uh, Summertime. Um when you when you create a song like that, what goes into that process of like you know, well you I mean you have you have you have an idea of what the song wants to be, but do you also like imagine what what people should be doing when they're listening to this song? I only ask this because okay I'm totally I'm New York, but when I hear yeah. a song like that and I don't own a car, I take a subway everywhere, <laughs> but I imagine if I owned a car, I would just have the the, the top down and just like riding yeah. down the street, and I imagine like that's what I imagine with this song. Is that you were yeah. like, I want people to be doing this. Uh, G-Funk music is so alive and kicking in Europe, like countries like uh, France, Spain, Sweden, Germany. And uh, I met a, uh, met a dude, Caval X. He's out of uh, Madrid, Spain. And he's a G-Funk genius with a production. He produced uh, Summertime and City Life G-Funk remix. And when he sent me the beat, he just emailed me the beat for Summertime and uh, asked me to take a listen to it, what I thought. And then when I listened to that, my jaw dropped, you know. And um, the first first person I thought of was actually CMG of Conscious Daughters because uh, if you listen to the their debut album, Ear to the Street, which dropped in 93, they had some hot summertime joints on that, like a showdown. And, um, you know, it's, I, I really wanted the voice of CMG on that uh, and the special one. And a uh, uh, special one had passed away. Mm. Which was um, I, w- I wasn't able to get her on the record. Uh, I also did a rest in peace record for a special one of Conscious Daughters, but we got CMG on it. And next was my homie Sabotage and myself, and we got Cavalex. I mean, the process was pretty simple. The Cavalex produced the beat, and I just wanted to get you know some hot MCs on there, and, and we did it like that. And um, it come out a real hot record and a video. You know, you you, you collaborate and you connect with, as you mentioned. Uh uh, Daz Dillinger on this. Yeah. Um, how, first of all, how did you guys connect, and you know, how, has he become almost like a mentor to you? Uh, 90s, when I was out in California with, uh, I was signed to Demo Records, Arthur Mitchell. Uh, we used to go to a lot of music conferences. There was No Limit record release party where it was Snoop Dogg was there, uh, EDI from the Outlaws, a lot of Defo, uh, former Defo artists was there. And that's when I made the first connection with um, a lot of them guys from Daz Corrupt. And um, and there was talks of me. Well, I wanted to do the album with Dad's back then. Uh, it kind of never happened, but I waited and waited. And um, eventually, when I was out in the UK, I managed to get a hold of him uh, through through the internet, obviously through the computers and all. And we we made the connection and went out there. We did the record. And uh, what you have is what you have. He's always been. Uh, one of my greatest uh, inspirations in music, the old Dog Pound, Snoop, 
I'm just so um, I feel so blessed to be able to have this album with Adas. This album, International Paper Chaser. Um, which which album? Which record on the album do you think? Well, there's two questions. This uh, which record on the album best represents you? And then the second question is, which record on the album best represents your mission of uh, for, from for International Paper Chaser? I think um, International Paper Chaser, the album uh, VIP, which uh, the song I did with, uh, with Dad Dillinger, the single VIP, that kind of represents what I, I want out of life. Out of life, you know, just uh, mm. um, I want to have a good time. And I even say in the record, we ain't looking for trouble. We just want to have a good time, party in the clubs. You know, we had to, we had to keep all all them nonsense stuff out the club. We just want to have a good time. That's what represents me the most. You know, the feel good party tunes, uh, feel good vibes, Z funk, summertime club joints, mm. house party records. That's what represents me. But the VIP joint I did with Dez, that, that that means a lot to me. That was produced by Slabber Mill. But um, other records are City Life, G funk, summertime, even house party. We got EDI of the Outlaws on them, and uh, Dez Dillinger, all them You talk a lot about in this interview, and there's, I think there's a real appreciation you're showing for the old school. Uh, you obviously do that with the album, like you want to be work with people that you grew up listening to and who had a obviously yeah. a big effect on your your life and your career. Um, so, I was curious, what do you, who was the the first either the first MC you heard, the first lyric you heard, verse. The first, even the first track you heard that made you say, "I want to do this," like I want to be an MC. Okay, this is going way back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite record growing up used to be Rockbox by Run DMC. Oh wow! In the eighties, and I and I and I met, had a chance to meet both of them. Uh, twice I met, uh, both times I met Run DMC. Uh, as soon as I heard Rockbox when that dropped, just that guitar, uh, the bass line. Uh, as soon as I heard them spit them rhymes and I see that video that's what really that's the video that wanted me to do do what they did and uh, I actually met Run DMC at a Toronto radio station 88.1 CKLN where I used to work and the second time I met them was at a BMG conference out in San Diego and I had an opportunity to tell Jam Master J and Run and DMC that was my favorite joint and we had pictures taken with uh, Arthur Mitchell who was signed to my label at that time yeah there was one dmc that really really got me into wanting to do this whole rhyming thing but at the same time in 1985 i was hit by a car which was left me in a coma for 30 days and a couple years later led to a brain tumor and um it was after all that all that what i went through through that when i recovered from that i really knew that i i, I this is what i had to get into because there was so much I just wanted to talk about and get off my chest. Mm. Um, I was given a second, well, three three times I was given the opportunity to go on living, one from the, the car accident, one from the brain tumor, and a third time was from just drop-down seizures. I was having from after effects from the tumor. So, um, But I'm all recovered today, and I feel that really uh, the, the Lord let me live on for a reason just to do or accomplish what I wanted to do. Even if I don't sell no million records, <laughs> or if I don't go platinum or nobody ever heard of me, just uh, finishing up this album with Dez, 
that's one of my biggest achievements and accomplishments, which uh, that's no nobody can take that away from me. Which is, I'm very proud of that. And so, what, what what's next for uh, for Syndrome? Okay, I think uh, we we got three video releases, which is done from this album. Uh, the first being "Still Got That Love," uh, "Summertime," and "City Life." Next, I think what I'm going to do is go on promoting uh, the video for "City Life." I'm trying to get it on MTV out in the UK. Um, it's no easy task for an independent artist to get on MTV, um, right. but I'll. That's my my next mission is get these videos on MTV. It's just. You know, for independent, it's just so difficult. But I want to tell every independent artist out there, it's, uh, if, if you believe in what you're trying to do, if you believe in yourself, you know, you can keep keep this thing going and make something happen. Because I never, ever believed that I, I would be able to have this album with uh, Dad Dillinger and have the artists that I have on them like 10 years ago. All right. And, and I want to thank all them artists, uh, like uh, from uh, Dad's EDI, RBX, King T, Dove Shack, Ron G, you know, Turf Talk, Flowmaster, Sabotage. I mean, they all was a big influence on this album, and they, they made it happen. Because these are the people that kind of influenced you, was there at all in the process of making this album any sort of, like, intimidation factor for you? You know what? VIP was the first record I did with Daz, and um, I was, I was like, on edge trying to if he would actually like my verses on I did three verses on that and Dez did the hook for VIP and um, when I sent him my three verses I was I was on edge that time I was kind of, I was a little nervous if he was going to even um, like my verses or respond back but then the next thing I did on Gub CNN I read an interview with Dez did thanking um, me for uh, not thanking me like that but thanking artists for work independent artists for working or taking the time acknowledged Dad Dillinger at that time. That interview was still up online, and he shouted me out on the Dub CNN um, interview he did, and shouted out producer Slap Up Mill. And uh, from that point on, I knew that uh, you know, I, you know, I don't got to be worried about nothing. Dad appreciated um, my three verses on that, and uh, I continue to do what I do. And I, I, that really meant a lot to me for, for him to shout me out on the Dub CNN interview. That's dope. Uh, this is back on the days of MySpace when MySpace was blowing up. You know, he said, right, right. Um, he said that we made the, because I hit him up on MySpace and, uh, and uh, you know, he shouted me out back then for working with him and shouted out all the independent producers that that be hitting him up. And and I know from then that once he appreciated my verses on VIP, I don't got to be afraid of nothing, you nice. know. But, but that first time I sent them three verses, that, that had me a little... You know, nervous because this is at the dog pound. You know, you're sending right. stuff to so <laughs> Yeah, that's real cool. Uh, what What are your uh, right now? What are your your top three favorite artists? The, the ones I listen to the most and always have is uh, the Notorious B.I.G., mm. Tupac, and I would say Wu Tang Clan. Nice. Um, though, though I listen to them albums, like any solo album from Wu Tang, uh, but Tupac. But then again, I. I own so many CDs, and I own like five, six hundred cassettes, <laughs> still cassettes and wow. CDs. I've listened to, I've never stopped listening to anything that's from uh, the 90s. I've always listened to old school, but the ones I listen to most is Pac, Biggie, and Wu-Tang, you know, anything method, um, even Redman. Um, but yeah, um, 
that's a difficult one. Uh, you know, Master Ace, yeah. uh, Big L. You know, I listen to a lot of East Coast as well as well. I listen to everything, but um, I've never actually had to choose a top three because <laughs> I, I just listen to everything. Uh, what's the best way for listeners and fans to kind of keep in touch with what you're doing? Well, I got a website. You know, www.deviousrecords.com. Also, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You know, uh, you can hit me up Syndrome on Facebook. Syndrome. There's Bill Bassey on Facebook. But all my contact info is on the website www.deviousrecords.com. Just hit me there, or email is uh, sendog1 at gmail.com. That's S Y N D A W G one at gmail.com. I want to give a big shout out to the producers. Because if it wasn't for them, the album wouldn't be sounding like that. It was like Slap Up Mill, Sin 2, Caval X, Real Tone, Alexander Henkel, Flowmaster, and DJ AK. Those guys put hours and hours and hours in the studio to make the beats sound like they were supposed to sound. And um, I want to thank them for being a huge part of the album. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. na 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 City life. City life.